Welcome to this week's episode of CJMP News. We are a community-led news source broadcasting from our Marine Avenue studio in downtown Powell River. We are broadcasting to you live from the coast of the Salish Sea and the traditional territory of the Kla'aman people. My name is Mel Edgar, and I'm here with co-host Karen Skadsheim. News director Carrie Swiggum is also here with us today on the soundboard. And before we get into the show today, we have a few news headlines from the community. Thanks, Mel. First, we start with the new library, which now has a building permit to begin construction. The permit has been on hold for months, but the last piece of the puzzle is finally in place to get back on schedule. Last night, Powell River City Council voted yes to give a bigger discount to tenants at the Crossroads Village who say the stop in construction has affected their businesses. And the diesel spill in Bella Bella continues to wreak havoc on the coastal community. Uh, the <clears throat> spill um, has blanketed clam beds there, and the DFO has declared an emergency chemical contamination closure Sorry, of the shellfish fisheries. The Hellshut community continues to deal with the sunken tug that was operated by a U.S. company, Offshore Marine. According to a press release from the nation this week, the response effort has been impacted by slow response time, a lack of boats, appropriate equipment and personnel, and failed contamination efforts by industry. Um, Chief Counselor Marilyn Slett says the DFO has been noticeably absent from the scene, according to her. Uh, quote, where are the nation-to-nation -nation relationships we have been promised? It is evident that indigenous communities bear not only the risks of tanker traffic like this, but apparently also the responsibility for cleanup. This is unacceptable. And the Helsinki Nation has also just received $250,000 from Curvy Offshore Marine to aid in the cleanup. Next week, the city is hosting a meeting on affordable and accessible housing for Powell Riverites. It will be on Tuesday, October the 25th at 1.30 in the Elm Room at the Powell River Recreation Complex. Councillor Maggie Hathaway says it will start as a working group to examine what's available in town and what can be done. Here she is at council meeting Thursday evening explaining more about what the meeting will be. Money's going to be coming available in the spring, and I want to be prepared for whoever can to apply for it. So right now, this is called a working group, so it has no official structure, no commitment under the Local Government Act, none of those things. It's just simply, let's get a bunch of people together and see what we want to do and where we go, and get some synergies between the different groups, developers and nonprofits, and uh, where we can uh, collaborate to be totally prepared to make applications as the money becomes available. So that's kind of where it is now. It's nothing really official, but I'm hoping as the council member there to do reporting back to council in some sort of official way, but um, I wouldn't call it a legal entity of any sort. Councilor related to that at regional district, maybe the whole today, we had a good discussion about what came out of the C3 and the social plan report that was presented to the three governments and the direction to the CAO there was to work with the two other local government CAOs, come up with a terms of reference and some format for some kind of regional committee on housing that, that would work for all three local governments. So it's it's a nice step in the right direction for, for getting the three local governments coordinating and collaborating on, on the social housing issue. We'll have to do that. 
There will be another public consultation on October 25th. The province is hosting an open house to address a potential link to the mainland. The provincial government announced last Thursday it will hold several open houses between October the 18th and the 27th in Gibsons, Powell River, Seashelt, Squamish, and West Vancouver. An online feedback form is available now if you'd like to comment. And the public meeting in Powell River will be on October 25th from 4 p.m. at Town Centre Hotel. The Tlaaman Convenience Store received recognition this week in Vancouver with a Business of the Year Award from the BC Aboriginal Business Awards. The store has also been nominated for a Community Impact Award with Small Business BC and they are looking for community support. You can vote for them on the Small Business BC website and there is a link for that on the Tlaaman Convenience Store Facebook page. And those are your CJMP news briefs for Friday, October 21st. You are listening to Powell River Community Radio on 90.1 FM and streaming online at cjmp.ca. Stay tuned for an interview with Courtney Albert, a local 17-year-old who has navigated the system to get supports to live on her own, and she explains how Powell River's housing market affected her ability to find housing. We also talked to Kevin Wilson of the Urban Homesteading Boot Camp, so stay tuned for that and more with our FOMO report. Oh, tonight, if you're looking for a little music, Vancouver-based Blackberry Wood is playing at the Red Lion Pub. Uh, they describe themselves as a wonderful secret and magic combination of crazy vaudevillian jazz gypsy circus music. And opening for them is Little Farmer. Tickets are $15 at the door and the show starts at 8.30 p.m. Don't miss it. Here with the FOMO report. FOMO, of course, is an acronym for fear of missing out. So what are we going to be afraid to miss out this weekend? Well, let me tell you. This weekend, 
we've got, of course, the, the aforementioned Blackberry Wood and Little Farmer at the Red Lion Pub. We've also got um, Princess Camp. Superhero. And yes. Tell me more. Oh, it's on right now, actually. I'm missing out. Oh, right now. Super is Princess Camp and Superhero Training Camp at Sheridan Dance Academy. They had the Princess Camp this morning. So it's Superhero Camp right now, noon till 2.30. Is there at, an age limit on that one? It just says five and up, so apparently not. Okay. There's awesome. a lower, there's a lower right end, but not an upper end. So there we go. Also on Fridays, starting at 4 o'clock, it's the Tiny Story Lab at the Powell River Public Library. If you are planning on entering the 420 Characters Tiny Story Contest, but are not sure where to begin, join us at the library on Fridays during October for an inspirational hour of microfiction writing with tiny story examples, visual prompts, and writing tips. All ages are welcome to this, you'll be happy to know. So drop in and give it a try. 4 till 5 p.m. tonight. I don't know. Well, I have um, some plans with me and a book and a blanket. But for those who'd like to go outside, there is also a youth mural workshop with Luke Ramsey, Saturday, October Ooh. 22nd, 2 to 5 p.m. So you can learn how to draw a mural. And that is going to be at Powell River Academy of Music with Megan Dulcie Dill. And the weather for those activities, I have... Or if you want to be under a blanket somewhere. Yeah, so today is actually going to be really interesting for weather. Perfect blanket weather. We've got a chance of thunder showers. (gasps) I know, high chance. Oh my goodness. I have lost my link to the weather <laughs> to, to reality <laughs> yeah but uh, we have a high today of Never nine fear. of nine only nine degrees so we are in the single digits today and mm-hmm. basically a high chance of showers all day and i think those chances are coming true because it's raining right now yeah it's, it's raining right now indeed and showers through the evening and into tomorrow but there's some sun chance of uh, sun it looks like at least sometime mm. in the weekend at least sometime so peek outside the sun will happen peek out from the blanket and the time is now 11 past 12. <laughs> this week, the BC government announced changes to its youth foster care program and now leads the country in supports for youth aging out of care. Mm. That is often a very difficult time in a young person's life. Previously, support ended at the age of 24 but now covers young people up to the age of 26. These changes affect about 500 people in British Columbia who are receiving in areas of living expenses, childcare, tuition, and healthcare. The Agreements with Young Adults program is now also being expanded to include life skills programs, which help give young adults the tools and knowledge that they need to make positive decisions that can enrich their future. So CGMP News caught up with a young person in Powell River who is part of the Youth Agreement Plan, but not, not necessarily in foster care. Her name is Courtney Elbert. She's 17 years old, and before she was enrolled in the government program, she was working three jobs, going to school full-time, and couch surfing with friends. Now she is still at school and working, but it can afford to live independently. This is Courtney Elbert speaking with News Director Carrie Swiggum. 
So you spoke about the difficulty of finding a place to stay in Powell River, right? Yeah. But with a certain perspective. Yes. And so I want to play the clip, um, and we'll just go from there. Hello, my name is Courtney Albert. I'm 17 years old, and I am very fortunate to be with the Ministry of Child and Family Development, so I am getting assistance through them. Um, it did take a long time to get in, and it was actually a very big struggle in that process because I wasn't sure if I was even going to get assistance so at this point, it was a matter of choosing between school or work, <laughs> and I, I did both. Um, and then I was able to get into a youth agreement recently, and I just, a few days ago, found a place to live. Um, but for the other youth out there, not everyone can get onto the youth agreements or room and board with the ministry, and there's only a limited amount of spots as well. So, and what happens with them? Where, how can they find a place? And I understand that, for like a landlord's perspective, it is kind of hard to pick someone who's younger, who hasn't been out there yet, who just graduated, who ended up getting kicked out, who got removed from the home. It's very hard for them to find a place, and it's very hard for them to be appreciated in the community. So a lot of us have to join uh, social activities, cadets, sports, PRDI I was even part of. So. We have to do all this extra stuff to kind of prove ourselves that we're eligible to be able to live on our own. And it makes it very difficult, especially with school and having to juggle a job and family issues, personal issues. So I'm just wondering what can we do for the youth, especially mm -hmm. those that are acknowledging that they need help, those who are addicted to drugs and substance abuse and whatnot. So I'm hoping there's gonna be a solution for that because I see a lot of youth my age, younger and older, that are looking for a place to live. And I'm trying to help as many of my friends as possible as well, just because I'm kind of leaving a track of where I've been living. And I've been very fortunate to have places to live. And I'm hoping that more families out there will take in some more youth, just as kind of another member of the family, especially those that get taken away from their home or that get kicked out. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Courtney. I really appreciate that perspective. Okay, so that's a pretty powerful statement, and I appreciate you saying that at that forum, because I think um, often we're thinking about housing, and um, youth doesn't really, young people don't enter the picture. I mean, they don't really have the same mobility as adults do, mm -hmm. legally, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I want to go back to what you said. A lot of people in a similar situation as yourself need to choose between school and work. And you're doing both? Yes. Can, I, can you talk about that? Well, actually, what happened before I got onto youth agreement is that I was paying for my own rent. And it was so difficult to be in school full-time and then managing a job. I was working six days a week, every night, and I got one day off because I had cadets. And then I had, like, full course, course load. I literally only had academics last year, and it was ridiculous. I was, like, super stressed out. I mean, I had mental breakdowns all the time. I mean, it's normal. I mean, it was my graduation year. I was really stressed out to begin with, but it's really hard to juggle a job not knowing that you're going to get assistance or not from the ministry. So I just kind of powered through that just so I can save enough money so that I could go on my own just in case I wasn't, you know, going to be able to get a youth agreement. And I totally understand if, like, other youth have to go through that or they actually, most of them quit school altogether to work full-time. Because, well, I mean, they may not really want to go to school. They may not have 
that determination to finish school and go to work at the same time to find a place to live. I mean, it's not just your rent, it's your food, it's your transportation, it's everything included. You need to be able to, you know, muster enough money just to pay for all those things. And how can you do school at the same time? You know, and not everyone's lucky enough to even find a place that's cheap or even get any help, like, financially. Yeah, I think... You know, talking about school and work and, you know, a lot of people in that situation are talking about college, but, I mean, you're talking about high school, and that's a big, I mean, both are full-time things, right? You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're young, you should be focusing on your education, um, but now you're in a situation where you need to pretty much survive on your own. Yeah. You were put into a youth, or you got into the youth agreement. Yes. Can you explain what that what is? What so that is? the youth agreement usually happens uh, with foster kids or kids that kind of get taken away from their home or they just can't live there anymore due to pretty nasty situations. And what the ministry does is that they they pay your rent and they give you some money for food as well. And they you know if there's leftover money on your budget, then you can put it to other things as well. Um, they basically take care of you until you're 19, of you know, legal age to be out there on your own. Um, but you also have to follow an agreement, such as you know, going to see a counselor, making you know, you check up with a youth worker, you know, not doing anything stupid like doing drugs or alcohol, partying, and doing something you shouldn't be doing when you're getting assistance. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. So th- there's a certain criteria to meet. You know, I I got into the youth agreement because of chronic homelessness that's what they called it and you have to meet an age requirement as well between 16 and 19 you're eligible for a youth agreement but it's not like anyone can just walk in and get one either yeah you, you mentioned in the um at that form there's only a limited amount of spots yeah here how did you find your way to um uh, getting involved with the i guess the government system and being in the in the, in the youth agreement program uh, pretty much started when I was 15 years old. I, I left home. I wasn't having agreements with my parents and my family. And I, it started off that I was living with friends and couch surfing for a while and just trying to get a job and work some money up just to pay them so I wasn't freeloading. Um, and then one of the families I was living with, they, they told me, well, you should connect with a social worker, see what happens with that. Maybe they can help you. Uh, As 15 years old, I didn't really do much, but it did kind of have it was nice to talk to someone that kind of understood what was going on uh and I was back and forth between friends and my family and yeah I just it didn't work out at the time sometimes I'd go back home for two days and I just couldn't be there anymore and it got closer and closer to the time where I just I was getting older they were seeing that I was mature enough to live on my own I was I had a job I was going to school full-time I was going to counseling meetings regularly so I was already following an agreement. It started off with a room and board. And and sorry, who thought that you were old enough or mature enough? The ministry. Okay. Yeah. So you can't be really immature and just kind of do whatever you want. You have to prove yourself that you're, you know, you're old enough and you're mature enough to be able to take care of yourself. I didn't get a youth agreement right away. I probably could have, but what happened was living with friends. But I got into a room and board, which is kind of like a YAG the youth agreement so what happened there is I was living with a family I was getting assistance still but it wasn't like I was living on my own and it was also kind of a period of time for 10 months where I was just kind of prove myself 
while I can find a place to live too, because it's so hard to find a place here, like even for adults and people that are, are sophisticated. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, like at the the meeting, they said it was below one percent for vacancy rates. That's just ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. that's not okay. Mm-hmm. So it makes it very difficult for anyone to find a place to begin with. And before you were um, involved with the youth agreement, um, how did you find a place here as a 16-year-old? Well, just with friends, I was really lucky that actually my friend's mom, was she she adopted both her children. So it was, it was kind of easy, and she was just really caring. Um, a lot of families, a lot of friends, they just wanted to take me, and a lot of the families wanted me to live with them because they understood what was going on with my family. So there's that, but not everyone has those connections either so what happens with someone who just moved into town that has that situation so and okay so you um you found a place just recently or maybe a month ago a couple months okay and that was the first lease that you actually signed or can you sign a lease okay and was it difficult to find that place um it took me three months to search for a place i mean i i did a lot of viewings were you doing this all on your own Pretty much. I mean, it got. I, I mean, I had a youth worker like, "Hey, there's a place I saw on the peak or whatever, or online on Craigslist." So she would let me know, or my parents would let me know. I would look online as well. Um, but for the most part, I was on my own for it. They just, you know, gave me some advice or just wanted to let me know there's a place opened up. Um, and I was just really lucky with the place that I got right now because it's with Kathy Bowes, and she knew my social worker, so that just worked out really nicely. And, I mean, the previous tenants were evicted, and they, she just wanted to fill that spot in as well. And I guess my references were really good as well, so I don't think there was much of a problem. So I just, I just really lucked out. But in terms of uh, what people can do who aren't necessarily in this agreement, like, what, what can people do in Powell River who are young? Like, what are you seeing? Well, it's really hard for the youth to do more than what they're already doing. So maybe some adults, or maybe... Well, we don't even really have shelters here, honestly. I mean, it got to the point where I didn't even know if we had a shelter. I don't even... Do we have a shelter or anything? Like, I think no, we have... No, I don't think there is. I, I, apparently there was a women's shelter, yeah. but that's about it. So there's not really a lot of resources here for youth. So, I mean, I know that a lot of places have extra bedrooms or just an extra suite or something... But the rates are way too high. They're so expensive here. I get it, there's not a lot of places, but maybe if we build some places for youth, like a youth home, I mean, like just kind of an apartment-style place where a bunch of youth can go to that's cheap, you know, like a senior home. Mm -hmm. We can do that for seniors. Why can't we do it for youth? You know, it's not that much harder. There's a lot of youth that can't live in in their homes anymore. A lot of families can't even afford to have all their kids at home anymore, especially when they get close to graduation, you know, Forget about college. That's just ridiculous. It's so expensive. I think, I mean, it sounds like that the city is working on some housing developments. Mm-hmm. Um, they're aware there's a problem. Yes. Um, but I think when we are talking about housing, as I said, sometimes we forget that um, it's a uh, issue that affects everybody regardless of age. Yeah. And it attributes mm-hmm. to child poverty as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, but is there anything else you want to say, like, to the city or to... Um, any you know anybody in town who may be listening about like kind of the situation you went through and and what's going on right now um i just want to say well it doesn't really matter what someone's going through they should have a place to live that's just a human rights it's we need it 
you know, it's a basic need that we all we we need shelter, we need food, we need heat. We we all need that stuff. I get it. Not everyone in the world gets it, but we should start in our community first. It's the best thing that we can do. The Vale Society presents the Haunted Ball 2016, Saturday, October 29th. With deadly DJs, live acts, spooky art, and wacky snacks from 8 till late at Dwight Hall, located at 6274 Walnut Street. It's 19 plus, and bring your best costume and a donation. CJMP will be on site with the photo booth. Get your advance tickets while they're still available at Base Camp, River City Coffee, and Townsite Brewing. Well, uh, the housing situation in Pell River, it can be a little bit scary. And that was Courtney Albert talking about her experience navigating the system and finding housing in Pell River. Oh, great to hear from Courtney. And BK, what also is scary, Bad Karen. Oh, did your you name know? is Gad. Did I know? Did, did you I know? know? What's, uh, what's happening? Did you know that there's an election in the U.S.? Oh, my God. I wish I didn't know. <laughs> no kidding. Talk about opposite of fear of missing out. I, oh, uh, oh, good gravy. Yeah. What a, have you been watching? Uh, did you watch the debate this week? I listened to it. I was at okay. my Stitch and Bitch evening, and uh, we listened you? to it, and it was just ridiculous. So but even, even bunch- more ridiculous yeah. was Trump's speech at the Al Smith dinner. Did you oh, catch any of that? I heard some of his jokes uh, didn't fall They weren't jokes. Very well. they, they were weren't. just vitriol. <sighs> oh, I know. I can't believe this is going on. It's just so... I mean, I, I, I kind of forgive the man for not being able to tell a joke, but... Uh, I mean, being a comedian shouldn't be a requirement of being president, but being a leader... Yeah, but that's why they have speechwriters. Ah. <laughs> I mean, Hillary's no comedian either, <laughs> you know, but she, she at least uh, she had someone write some good jokes. You know, did you hear the one she said? Uh, uh, she said when Donald sees, you know, she's, she sees the Statue of Liberty and she sees everything that America makes America great and freedom and all that jazz. When Donald looks at the Statue of Liberty, he sees a four, maybe a five if she uh, loses a torch. That was, you know, but which is not a very good joke, but it was way better than the Donald. Oh, yeah. So can I say something as the American in the room? Oh, Um, right. uh, (laughs) I haven't really been paying attention at all because it's it just seems like such a farce. It is a farce. And I was hoping that I mean, do you you guys have been paying attention a bit more, I think, than I have. Is it is it pretty close yet for uh, Clinton and Trump? Do we know that? Because I get the sense that it's still pretty, like, you know, half and half. No, I, he's been falling in the polls since, he, uh, since the debates it, have happened. It so. all depends on which poll you read, Yeah, of course. Um, I just looked at the Donald's Twitter feed and... According to his Twitter according feed. According to his Twitter feed, uh, he won that debate. Oh, wow. It's official. I won the debate. <laughs> yeah, according to my Twitter feed, I um, have a full bank account. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. So we can all believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, some of the polls are saying that now uh, there's little chance of him getting enough electoral college votes to to make the presidency. So 
Yeah, where well the elections are happening. Oops, uh, November eighth. Threw her pen. I threw my pen. That's I, that's how. Yeah. And I I don't think you know it might seem like a far a farce, but uh, this is actually real life, and and so you know we should all be paying attention to it, and uh, no matter how horrific, because uh, you know yeah, we all this, thought it was uh, terrible when Rob Ford was mayor of Toronto. This is like Rob Ford being president of the United States. He's going to have uh, the codes to the, I know. the launch codes. Yeah. So uh, so maybe the message is for the, um, all the uh, Americans abroad in Canada, in Powell River. Yes. Go vote. Go do your, um, do your duty voting mm-hmm. and make your voice heard because it, it's going to matter. Yes, it will. Interesting. I've seen some reports that Bernie Sanders is a, mm. actually still a candidate. And I wonder... Mm. If and how that might play out, and it if it'll split the vote on the Democratic side and allow Trump in. Yeah, that's something we that uh, yeah is a little bit unpredictable this time. So uh, I know I, I don't think I don't think it's in the bag for Hillary, which is very frightening. Mm. Can we be done with the banter now? This is making me sad. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I want to crawl under my blanket and and, okay. and miss let's, out. Let's not think of that anymore. <laughs> uh, before we move on, I just want to apologize for um, cueing that audio right after Courtney's um, interview because it was kind of mistimed. Um, but I appreciate her interview and her coming in and talking about that today. Uh, but let's uh, let's move on and from American elections. Yes, but speaking of militaristic, let's move on to boot camp and cheese, cheese. <laughs> I love cheese. cheese. I love cheese, too. And not just any boot camp. This one shows you how to make cheese. And it's on a weekend to add to your FOMO for the weekend. Kevin Wilson came by the studio this week to talk about what to expect. Okay, it's Mel Edgar here. I'm here with Kevin Wilson, the genius behind some gardening activities here in Powell River. Um, he's here to tell us a bit about the fall boot camp. And it sounds a little bit uh, militaristic. Um, what is it? <laughs> it's not at all militaristic. This is the, the fall boot camp for the Urban Homesteading School. Oh, wow. So what's the Urban Homesteading School? Well, the Urban the Homesteading School is basically me. <laughs> I'm just organizing weekends of workshops uh, four or five times during the year plus extra single workshops from time to time on all kinds of self-reliance, self-sufficiency, food production, food preserving topics. Wow. So how, how many years has this been running? Two years now. Two years. So yeah. this is the second year or the third year? Well, it started in September 2014, so you do the the math. Oh, I'm horrible at math. Um, So two times, I believe you. (laughs) And what's the goal of the the boot camp? Well, at the time when I started doing this, there was a couple of organizations that had been doing quite a lot of workshops who had stopped doing them for various reasons. So it seemed like there was a big gap and still a lot of interest you know in all kinds of gardening and food production so i decided to pull things together and put together the kind of event that i would like to go to awesome so what's an offer this year well we've got cheese making and pressure canning and both of those are unfortunately full and i'll come back to that in a minute um soil fertility building bokashi composting making jam and jelly uh, how to get the most out of your produce when you're processing it. Mm. Um, building stone walls. Mushrooms. Three mushroom workshops. Three? Three. Whoa, so what can people learn about mushrooms? Well, Yoni is doing 
two kind of presentation workshops where you learn about mushrooms and about growing mushrooms and then on the Sunday everybody gets to go out on a mushroom walk an identification walk not a not a gathering walk mm -hmm. but a walk through the woods to see what's out there and learn to identify mushrooms what well, fun so this is happening October the 29th and 30th so October. in a couple of weeks time awesome and is there something happening that you're particularly excited about this time at the well, I'm interested in the pressure canning because, you know, I have a pressure canner, but I haven't actually used it very much yet. You know, everybody looks askance at pressure canners because the, the kind of um, urban legend that they explode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was worried about that. Right. Well, you know, modern ones don't explode. They have multiple safety venting features, which mean Aww. that they it's pretty much impossible for them to do that unless you actively block the safety features but still you know the urban legend is still there in terms of homesteading what is homesteading just to, i'm curious well what urban homesteading yeah what what i'm looking at is not people going out and trying to make themselves completely self-sufficient mm. on 10 acres or something like that because most people don't have 10 acres mm. and if we had the capacity to take everybody out of every city and put them all on 10 acres, you know, imagine the chaos that would cause and the environmental damage. So mm -hmm. that's not practical. The kind of homesteading that I'm focusing on is what's called urban homesteading, where you take where you are already, whether that's a city lot or a basement suite or an apartment balcony, and you do as much as you can there. So it's not just about growing food. Mm. You know, there's, there's, you know, gardening is pretty basic, and things like keeping chickens and stuff is uh, something a lot of people are interested in. But when you look at the food preservation aspect of it, you don't have to have a garden to do that. Mm. You can buy the food you want to preserve at the farmer's market or from a local farmer or gardener and do it in your own kitchen, in your apartment. Yeah. So much of the food preservation side of things really doesn't require you to have any land at all. That's kind of good to know, yeah. I mean, especially we've got um, the Skookum Gleaners in, in town. There's the option to go out and glean, uh, as a volunteer, some, some fruit and donate to charity and then preserve in your own home. That's right. And goodness knows we have enough blackberries around for people to preserve. So as well as the fall boot camp, yeah, what else we have, got going well, we've on? got something coming on in November. The thing is that the cheesemaking class in the fall boot camp, as it always does, it filled up. Everybody mm. wants to learn how to make cheese. I don't know why cheese is the thing, but for several years now, you can't run a class without it filling up. Have you seen the price of cheese? It's 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 <laughs> may, may have something to do with it. You could that could be. <laughs> yes, it could be. So, as well as having the cheese making class in the uh, uh, the boot camp, we are running the beginner cheese making class a second time, repeating it on November the 12th. That's a Saturday at 1.30pm at the CRC, the okay. Community Resource Centre. And then the week after, we're doing an advanced cheesemaking course. Advanced? Advanced cheesemaking, What's yeah. advanced cheesemaking? Well, that's going to be feta and another one that I can't remember. So we're going to be making cheese? Making cheese, yes. Okay, feta takes a little bit of time. Well, that's why it's the advanced, Okay. You know? <laughs> oh, you thought this through, Kevin. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming in today and telling us a bit of what you've got going on. Thank you. And if anybody wants to know more about the Urban Homesteading School in general and the events, just go to uhspr.ca. That's mm -hmm. the initials of the Urban Homesteading School of Powell River, uhspr.ca. Or you can give me a call, 483-9052. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
That was Kevin Wilson of the Urban Homesteading School speaking with CJMP's Mel Edgar. And this is Bacon Fat. sacks on their backs they say hey man we're glad to see you back we got a new dance they call a bacon fat it goes oh have mercy help yourself then you go oh but the chicken was never like this yeah Now then I went down to see my local DJ His name is Kane, he lived down Tennessee way I said, hey man, what's this new kind of jump Where you wind up twice and then you end up with a bump he said, Dig Daddy, this is a natural fact. It's a sweep in the south, that thing, the bacon fat. You go, oh, how messy. Entertain the people, young'un. Oh, help yourself. Oh, how messy. Play it good. That was Andrew Williams' Detroit legend with his song Bacon Fat from 1956. Williams is credited with some of the earliest rap hip-hop style vocals on record. Uh, CJMP News has a new program sponsor, Powell River Villa. If you would like to sponsor a show or the station, you can do either or both. This is co-captain Dean Thorsell. Okay, I have been with the team for about 10 years, and I am a defender. Uh, I wear number six on the field, and this weekend we play against Lake Hill United. They are one of the top teams in Division Two, and they have they finished about second place last year, and are 
a really tough team, so it would be some really great action this weekend. This is basically the this is best, the best soccer that you will see in Powell River. Uh, it, it costs five dollars to come to the game, and well worth the money and the time. How have you guys been up until this point? I think you've played a few games now. We came out with a win against Souk, uh, 2-0, and that was the first game of the season, so that was a really good result for us, and things looked good. And so we, uh, after that, we have suffered a couple of really close losses, uh, two of them just being 1-0 with uh, a lot of action on our end that we could have scored a lot more goals and could have won those games. And... Uh, we've had one tie against a team that we really should have beat as well, uh, score or with lots of scoring opportunities again, but just haven't been able to put the ball in the back of the net sometimes, and that's the way things go in soccer. And and for now, that uh, we're just going to keep on trying, and and hopefully this weekend we get a few goals and show the fans what we can do, and and we get a win. Um, well, thanks, Dean, for coming in and telling us a little bit about the team. Thank you, Carrie. Powell River Villa plays this Sunday at 1.30 p.m. at Timberlane Field. It's their only home game until November 20th. So for a full schedule, check the Vancouver Island Soccer League website at visl.org and search Powell River Villa in the second division. Hey, Karen. Hey, Carrie. Um, I have a question for you. Since you're here, and since you're a sponsorship coordinator at CJMP, <laughs> um, yes. How would you get in touch if you wanted to sponsor a program or the show or the station? Promo at CJMP.ca is the best way to do that. Okay, and that goes to you. Yes, it does. Okay. Oh, All right. Thank you. And mm-hmm. also, while you're here, going to put you on the spot. Uh-oh. <laughs> we want to talk about my show today at 5 o'clock. Every day is like Sunday. Heard every Friday in the 5 to 7 drive time on CJMP oh, 90.1 FM. You told us something special about your show today. I did. Do you want to say it now, what you're going to do today, special on your show? I can't remember. <laughs> you, why don't you Let's, tell us what I'm doing There's special. going to be a special guest in the studio with you. A furry guest. Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> anyway, go carry okay, first. That, that'll be a secret until That's you listen secret, in at five. Yes. Mm. Yeah, okay. um, while you're here and you wear several hats, one of them is a city councillor. One of them is a toque. One of them is a toque. You're wearing a toque now. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> um, but so there was council meetings this week. Um, I guess what is what is the highlights from the meetings this week? Oh, gosh. There's um, a lot going on. So. There is a lot going on. We had a very long committee of the whole meeting. Oh, let me just backtrack. And I, you have put me on the spot. I, um, I was there. I know you were there. There was so much that was covered. Um. Yes, I'm just trying to pull out the salient points. Uh, council this week was quite. Um, we had a couple of planning department items on council meeting last night, which were sort of due diligence stuff we um, have some public hearings coming up and before we do the public hearings we have to give second and third reading to the bylaw amendments so there's a sustainable official community plan amendment and also a zoning amendment and there's public hearings on both and so this was just sort of the official give two readings 
and direct staff to prepare the public hearing process so we can get input from the public to these changes to the bylaws. Um, there was... Uh, My notes are on your on the computer that you're looking at, <laughs> so I, I definitely have put you on the spot. Um, I, I understand that there's a lot of um, movement within City Hall in terms of um, people applying for development permits. Yes. And the task list um, on the city... Um, agenda is five pages long now yeah so i understand there's a lot to keep um you know there's a lot uh, yes and you know we did just get a huge grant for the haslam uh water main Mm -hmm. extension which is so great because this is something that is you know we've been wanting to do for a few years now and the first couple of grant applications were were denied we didn't get the grants but in the end that worked out for the best because the original grants that we went for were their traditional one-third federal one-third provincial and one-third municipal funding and now we've got this grant which is 50 percent federal one-third provincial and we only have to fund 17% ourselves. Okay. So we actually are getting more grant money for it, for the project, which is really great. So uh, looking forward to getting that done. We also finally got the province to sign off on our liquid waste management uh, plan, which was uh, second only to Victoria in length of time to do the plan. You and need to get it done and to get the to get the plan approved okay. um, and through and into the ministry so we can start moving with a consolidated plant. Since that has been approved, we also have have now originally years ago uh, there was interest from Plaamen in joining us in a consolidated plant. And then the consolidated plant kind of took on maybe we wanted to do a co-treatment at the mill and all these different things and it just got complicated and complicated and it was taking a long time and so Tlaamen finally said listen you guys are taking too long we're going to do our own thing Mm -hmm. and said they didn't want to do that they got into their treaty process which took up everything they had and rightly so and in the meantime, we actually finally got ours done, and they still haven't done theirs. So they said, well, you've, we're interested in coming back to the table. So um, now we have a minor amendment to the plan to bring them back in and include them in the, in the sewage treatment planning. So we, right now we have four outfalls for sewage in Powell River. There's one at Westview by the uh, ferry terminal. There's one in Townsite down by the Hulks and the Breakwater. And there's one in Wildwood, which comes from the Wildwood Lagoon. And uh, Tlaamen has their own as well. And Tlaamen needs to um, do something with theirs. It's old. It needs to be fixed. Uh, the Westview plant is not performing uh, as it should. And the Townsite plant is ancient and needs to be upgraded as well so that's part of it we hadn't the wildwood lagoon is actually functioning quite well it's actually a lagoon is a tremendous system for sewage treatment and but the downside of the lagoon is that it takes up a lot of space for you know the treatment and the rule of thumb with sewage treatment is the smaller the footprint the higher the cost so a lagoon is a very cost effective uh treatment 
program, but it takes a lot of land. Okay, very yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, big yeah. infrastructure I, I, projects on the yeah. horizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that I remember they mentioned now at uh, City or the Com- Committee of the Whole was um, the idea of having a new fire hall yes. in the next several yes. years, which seems like it's kind of a it's a necessary thing. And Russell, yes. excuse me, Councillor Brewer suggested even a referendum on this topic in the future. Yes, if we need to borrow more than, and you put me on the spot, I, I think it's more than three million dollars. Uh, there's a, there's a, if if we we can borrow up to a certain amount without going to referendum. Okay, okay. And I think it's, I, I'm not sure. So, well, he, but he'll up be to, on in a couple of weeks, and we can ask him that. Yes, he's Mr. Numbers. We call him Numbers, and <laughs> so he carries all that in his head, and I don't know how he does it. But um, so if we have to borrow more than that amount, we must go to the public in a referendum and ask for their consent to borrow that amount of money. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And thank you, Councillor Skatsheim, for putting on that cap for us and telling Tuk. us. Uh, it's my Councillor Toot. Your Councillor Toot, not your Councillor mm. Cap. Letting <laughs> us know uh, what's happening in Council. Mm. And uh, we are now going to Coastal Color, a local art segment by Rabbit Eye, who's going to tell us what's happening in the arts this week. Welcome back to Coastal Color. I am Rabbit Eye for CJMP News. This is the October 21st edition of Local Arts News in Powell River and a little bit beyond. Prisma, the Pacific Region International's Summer Music Academy, is seeking volunteers for the following positions. Volunteer Coordinator, Operations Manager, Waste Reduction Coordinator, Box Office Coordinator, Marketing and Communications Assistant. For more information and to apply, email Michelle Hignell at executivedirector at prismafestival.com. The festival happens June 12th to 24th, 2017. There is a Tiny Story Lab happening on Fridays, October 21st and Friday, October 28th from 4 to 5 p.m. It is free. It happens at the Powell River Public Library. It's to try to prepare you for the microfiction 420 character contest happening um, very soon. And the deadline for that is October 31st. There's the movie Magnificent Seven happening at the Patricia Theater Friday, October 21st to Tuesday, October 25th. 7 p.m. nightly. Mozart's Don Giovanni happening on Saturday, October 22nd, 10 a.m. at the Max Cameron Theater, which is 5400 Marina Avenue. For more information, you can contact 604-483-3900. The adult tickets are $27. A senior tickets $24. Youth $17. Ticket packages also available. You can buy tickets at the, the Academy of Music box office at 7280 Camano Street by phone and online as well. The Powell River Public Library is holding a free disguise-making workshop on Saturday, October 22nd from 10.30 a.m. to noon. It is free to attend. It happens at the library. Children are invited to learn how to make alien costumes using the tubular method. For more information, contact Deb Zagwin at the email address dzagwyn at prpl.ca. There's an artisan and entrepreneur show happening on Saturday, October 22nd from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Cranberry Senior Center, 6792 Cranberry Street. For more information, Julie Burden, info at women in business.com power river women in business and the power river chamber of commerce present this free show come and meet these individual vendors and support small business week the seventh annual sunshine coast crawl is happening friday october 21st saturday the 22nd and sunday 23rd from 10 a.m to 5 p.m it is free to attend and it's from langdale to earl's cove for more information visit the website sunshinecoastartcrawl.com there's a youth mural workshop with luke ramsey happening on saturday october 22nd from 2 to 5 p.m at the power river 
Silver Academy of Music in Megan Del St. Dill Room. If you are a youth 11 and over who loves art and drawing, don't miss this chance to collaborate with international muralist, illustrator, and graphic novelist Luke Ramsey, who is designing a mural for the teen room at the new Powell River Public Library. Space is limited to 12 participants, so make sure that you apply as soon as possible. Hopefully there's still room. Visit prpl.ca for more information. Sam Hurry's surprise 70th birthday party gig is happening on Saturday, October 22nd from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. It's $3 cover. It happens at the Red Line Pub. Paradise performs on Saturday, October 22nd from 8 p.m. to midnight at the historic Lund Hotel. There is no cover for that show. The Powell River Council for Arts, Culture, and Heritage has their annual general meeting happening on Sunday, October 23rd at the Powell River Recreation Complex Poplar Room. Everyone is welcome to attend the CGM. There's a call for artists. The deadline is Monday, October 24th for the upcoming Malaspina Art Society group show, Women and Water. It's open to Malaspina Art Society artists only. You can become a member and submit at artpowder.com. You can get more information there as well. Submission details must be emailed by October 24th. The work must be ready to hang. It must be delivered to the Malaspina Art Society Gallery, which is the VIU Palover Campus, on November 3rd to be displayed for the entire month. The movie Indignation is playing at the Patricia Theatre Wednesday, October 26th and Thursday, October 27th, 7 p.m. nightly with the 1.30 p.m. Thursday matinee as well. There's a community play reading on Wednesday, October 26th at 7 p.m. It is free. It happens at the Kelly Creek Community School. Meet and mingle with South of Towners on a monthly play reading at Kelly Creek Community School. The play for October is Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. DOA is playing Powell River with the band Those Things and Stag Reels at the Strikers Bowling Alley just below CJMP Studios. On Friday, October 28th, there's a 9 p.m. start. Pre-sale tickets available for $15 at Basecamp Art Cafe and also at Strikers Pub. It's $20 at the door. So DOA returns to PR on Halloween weekend on Friday with, with sudden death release artists, those things, and the stag reels. Quite possibly all ages, not sure yet. Stay tuned for more information online, suddendeath.com, also those things.bandcamp.com. There's a community pumpkin fest on Saturday, October 29th at the Town Center Mall, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is free. Come and carve a pumpkin for free. Fun and prizes for all. More information on their Facebook page. Just search for Community Pumpkin Fest Powell River. However, Friends of the Library has a call for artists deadline to return. Painted 8x8 inch canvases is November 10th. There's a tech savvy 3D printing workshop at the Powell River Public Library on Thursday, November 3rd, 7 p.m. It is free. On Saturday, November 5th at 2 p.m., there is So You Want to Write a Novel. Brought to you by the Powell River Public Library. It's a workshop at Trinity Hall, 6932 Crofton Street. Join author and creative writing instructor Charlotte Gill as she breaks down the novel writing process to get you ready for chapter one and beyond. For more information, call Mark 604-485-8664. And that is, again, free. Alison Crow and band in concert introducing Hairs and Grievances Thursday, November 10th, 7.30 p.m. at the Patricia Theatre. Tickets at the door, $25, $22 concession pricing, or buy them in advance. Judging a book by its cover is happening on Thursday, November 17th at workshop at 7 p.m. It is free from the Powell River Public Library. Learn 10 insider graphic design secrets with graphic artist and marketing instructor Gary Schilling. To register, email Mark M. Merlino at prpl.ca or call 604-485-8664. And that is it for this week's Coastal Color. I am Rabideye. Join me next week for the next round of Powell River Arts News. Back to CJMP News.
Wow, thank you to Rabbit Eye for putting that segment together, and he'll be in the studio in just a few minutes. Lucky us. And first, here's another tune. was Belle and Sebastian. It makes me feel so sophisticated listening to them. And thank you for everyone who contributed to this show. Rabbit Eye, Carrie Swiggum, Karen Skadsheim, and even me, Mel Edgar. I helped. <laughs> thank you, Mel. CJMP News is on every Friday from noon to 1 p.m. and rebroadcast on Saturdays at 11 a.m. This show can also be heard as a standalone podcast, along with all of CJMP's live shows at cjmponline.ca forward slash podcasting. If that's too much, just go to cjmp.ca and click on the podcast link. We are also on iTunes and search for CJMP News and subscribe. We're everywhere. Everywhere. Up next on the Friday Live lineup is Rabbit Eye and 1,000 times. Tiny magnets. If it's Saturday, stay tuned for Out of the Woods. I want to take this opportunity to thank CJMP sustaining members. You make community radio strong in Powell River. And do it without you. Sustaining members help us keep the lights on and the dial lit on 9.1. Thank you for supporting independent media and local music. This has been a message from the Powell River Community Radio Society.